Thanks for listening to the Faith Radio podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. I'm Carmen LaBerge. I hope you enjoy. Happy Labor Day. And thanks for listening to this special Best of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. Well, it's back to school season, and so I'm wondering on this Labor Day, uh, is the Bible in the kid that you are sending off to school? That's where we want the Bible to be, not just in their backpack, uh, um, not just, um, you know, something laying on the table. We want the Bible in the kid. So how are we going to get the Bible into the kids in our community? Could we do it during school hours? Well, the answer is yes, because in the United States, Public schools can actually offer release time for religious education. Um, Our Jewish uh, neighbors are making use of it for Torah school, and Muslims are making use of it for education in the Quran. So why wouldn't Christians be making use of the same opportunity to teach kids the Bible during school hours? Well, that's what Joel Penton wondered, uh, and that is how LifeWise Academy came to be. So do students at your local school have access to Bible instruction during school hours? You think that might change things if they did? You'd be right. So on this special Labor Day edition of Mornings with Carmen, we're going to dive into the conversation we had recently with Joel Penton about LifeWise Academy. Let's get the Bible into our kids during school hours. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Joel Penton is back. We're going to talk again about LifeWise Academy. The book is now available during school hours. I want to encourage you to check that out. Um, LifeWise.org is the website. Joel, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me back. It's exciting. Happy new school year. Yeah, happy new school school year to you. Yeah, so um, I want to talk about where the LifeWise Academy buses are rolling And I thought, you know, let's just take this approach. What, where, who, how, and why? So let's start with what. What is LifeWise Academy? LifeWise Academy is what's known legally as a released time religious education program. What that means is that we provide Bible education to public school students during school hours. Students are released from school during the school day. We pick them up on a bus or we walk them to a nearby property. We teach them the Bible and we bring them back. Yeah, um, it's it's so exciting. If you guys literally, if you haven't visited the website and <laughs> watched the videos, like just go there, lifewiseacademy.org. It'll make you so happy. Um, uh, it will it will thrill your heart. It'll give you um, encouraging like resources, and I'm hoping it will inspire you to um, to think about initiating this in your own community. So, Joel, yeah, that, where where are there already LifeWise Academies? And maybe let's focus on some of the new ones this academic year. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they are springing up all over the place. We just started in 2019 with our first two pilot programs when we learned about the Supreme Court ruling that this was legal, this is possible, and the Lord is starting to blow things up. And so this past year, we served 133 schools across 
four states, those states being Ohio, Indiana, Pennsylvania, and Iowa. And next year, we already have confirmed, and this number will continue to grow, but as of this moment, we have confirmed 309 schools across 12 states. And I don't have the list in front of me. I wouldn't even be able to give you the full list of 12. <laughs> it's, main, it's mainly in the Midwest, but um, we've now received um, interest from 49 of the 50 states. So if there's anybody in Vermont listening, you're our last state that we need to get some interest from. But uh, yeah, we are, we're c- connecting with people all over the country. All right. And so um, if a person is interested, um, well, first of all, I, I, I don't care if you think you're interested or not. I want you to go to lifewise.org and get interested. You can find your school. Um, that's the, the fastest and best way to find out if your school is one of the 309 across 12 states that are going to have a LifeWise Academy um, next academic year. Um, you'll also be able to find out if there's already been interest shown um, in your school, and then you get to become part of the group of people who, you know, who might be the nucleus for bringing this um, this program to your school in your community. That's our that's our hope and our goal. Wouldn't you love to see the Bible brought to bear during school hours by kids in your community being positively exposed to? Um, to God's word during the school day. It's legal. It's possible. Um, and and now there's this just incredible, I mean, I'm just going to call it like a plug and play program. Like it's, it's put together for you. Um, and all of the equipping that would be necessary for this to be accomplished in your community um, is, um, is a part of this whole LifeWise Academy process. So again, LifeWise.org. Um, the, the, the fact that there is interest in 49 of 50 states and 309 schools, um, that are going to be experiencing this as of next school year, that brings us to the who question, because this is not like LifeWise is, um, uh, you know, hiring a bunch of people and sending them out. So who is doing this and, um, who's involved? What are the different ways that people can be involved? Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you're bringing this up. It is. Um, just community members. It is Christians in communities all over the nation who are doing this. LifeWise Academy is really just a tool, and we created it because we saw such a need. The Supreme Court ruled that this is illegal to teach kids the Bible during school hours 70 years ago, and yet there are many challenges and barriers to entry, things to think about like policies and curriculum and fundraising and all these various things that have slowed the um, growth of this strategy. And so we created LifeWise Academy to simply be a tool where we put all the resources, all the training, all of the uh, materials, um, everything that a community would need to, as you say, be plug and play, hit the ground running, not have to reinvent the wheel. And then the people who are doing it are Christians in communities. I mean, there's a community where I know there's a a woman who's a physician who's running point. She's the director. Her day job is that she's a physician. She runs a medical facility. <laughs> and then in her free time, she's the, the LifeWise Academy director. And they have teachers uh, who are members of local churches. Um, it's it's just community members who are stepping up to the plate and saying, we're going to do this. And that's why at LifeWise.org, all the tools are there. Like you said, we'll be in 309 schools uh, but we've received interest from over 1,400 school districts, which uh, represents thousands of schools. That's more than 10% of the districts in the nation. 
Um, and even if you're not going to lead, even if you're not going to teach, anybody can go to the website and you can add your name to the list. It starts with a petitioning process. You can be one of the signatures in your community that says, yeah, we want this to happen. And you can share this around. It really is a movement of local people. They just happen to be using a tool called Likewise Academy. So some of you are wondering, you know, like, how did this get developed? Um, what's the curriculum look like? It The, the curriculum for Lifewise Academy is um, is powered by the Gospel Project. So it's a curriculum that takes students through the entire Bible over a, a five-year period of time. Um, for those of you familiar with the Gospel Project, you know there's a head, heart, and hands approach to this. So, um, uh, and it's it really is transformative. You know because you're in the Word of God, you know how transformative it is. And so, getting kids into the Word of God gets the Word of God into kids, um, and that means that when they um, encounter the challenges of life, the day-to-day challenges that we know we all face. Um, they have a resource. They literally have the resource of the Word of God. They know His character. They know His ways. Um, and we're hoping that they will experience transformation through that. So we're going to continue our conversation with Joel Penton here in just a moment. Um, again, lifewise.org. Check out um, what it is, how it's happening. Take the virtual tour. Like, literally, you can get on the bus and take a virtual tour of of the experience of LifeWise Academy. And I really want to encourage you to prayerfully consider engaging with this ministry um, in your local community. What would it look like for kids in your community um, to have access in an ongoing way to the Bible during school hours? The book is During School Hours. LifeWise Academy is um, is the name of the ministry, and you can find it all at lifewise.org. We'll be right back. Holy God, I'm praying today for this and for that. I'm praying for this person and that person. I'm praying for this heartache and that hope. I'm praying for this obedience and that opportunity for this friend and that foe. God, tend in your way to this and to that. Amen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, host of Mornings with Carmen. Join us in prayerfully preparing for the season of Giving at Faith Radio. Pray with us this day in anticipation of that day. Pray that God would prepare us for this and for that. Connecting Faith to Life, Faith Radio. We're talking with Joel Penton from LifeWise Academy. You can find it at LifeWise.org. Joel, you know, um, you know the power of story. You also know a lot of powerful stories. So I'm wondering if you can share some LifeWise Academy stories of transformation with us. I would love to do that because that's what it's all about. I mean, we started LifeWise to provide the life-changing, life-transforming gospel uh, to those who need it most, which are kids in public schools. I think of a boy who uh, almost ironically is named Christian. You can actually see his video on our website on the videos page. Uh, and I say it ironically named Christian. I guess it's not ironic anymore, uh, but it was because his family weren't Christians. They um, didn't go to church. Um, the Christian was unfamiliar with even the word Bible. However, his mother received the LifeWise flyer in the mail when the LifeWise program opened up in their suburban community, and she said, you know what, Bible-based character education, I remember the Bible from my childhood, this type of thing wouldn't hurt uh, my son, so let me sign him up. So Christian went to LifeWise, and he could tell that what we were talking about there was different, that it was different than simply math and science and history, that this is this is truth and this is real. And he fell in love with Jesus. He fell in love with the Bible. 
he asked his LifeWise teacher if she would be willing to call his mother and invite his mother to church. Uh, she, of course, agreed. And uh, the family went to church, visited, in fact, the, the teacher's church. And they all fell in love with Jesus. The mom is now in a weekly Bible study. Christian is in the class to be baptized. Um, their family recently uh, moved uh, to another community, I think for a, a different job. And Christian was really bummed that he wasn't going to have LifeWise anymore. And so he and his LifeWise teacher prayed together that LifeWise would start up at that school. And just a couple weeks ago, um, the connections were made and the information was shared that lo and behold, um, God had gone for and starting next year, there will be a LifeWise mm. <laughs> at Christian school where he's moving to. And, uh, so that, and we get to receive stories like that uh, almost on a daily basis of how the Lord is using um, this opportunity because the 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 Bible is powerful. The, the Word of God changes hearts; it does something, and uh, we are not, you know, we are confident that when we fling the Word of God, the gospel, into the marketplace of ideas. We're confident that it goes to work and it does something. The only thing we need to fear is silence. And that's simply the one thing we're not willing to do is to be silent on the gospel. And so we give the gospel to students and it's really fun to sit back and see the stories roll in. Um, the foundation uh, is the word of God. And those of us who who have built our lives or are building our lives actively on that firm foundation, like we know the importance of it. Um, we also spend time maybe wondering, you know, how do I even, you know, how, how do I share the reality of the truth I know um, in a culture that seems very, very interested in in other things and other pursuits? And LifeWise Academy um, is a a wonderful vehicle through which you can have a very real substantive gospel impact in your community. And you can do it in community with other people, and that's very important. And you can do you can do it through a model that is not only proven effective, but um, already done all the hard legal work of um, hey, this is legal. This is um, this is a way that is working. This is positive programming. It's long term. It's sustainable. Um, and so, if you're saying to yourself, "Wow, I wish I had a way um, to open the side door of the church." that others would um, would come in in interested ways. This is one of those ways to open the side door of the church. Um, your church might be a LifeWise Academy location. Maybe, maybe you're adjacent to a public school, and you guys have been praying about how to, quote-unquote, reach that school for Jesus. Well, what about opening the side door? Um, and then there's this side door as well in, in the story that Joel just told. How did that family— find its way into the church through the side door. Christian was um, was transformed by the experience that he had at LifeWise Academy, and he wanted that transformation for his family. He also, notably, um, made the move from this experience in, in school to the church. And um, that's that's important as well. Like, how are people going to get connected to the body of Christ in the world today? Um, well, they got to get connected to Jesus first. And this is a way that that's happening. So I just want to celebrate it. Um, I want to pray for LifeWise Academy and 
for God to continue to bless it and for it to flourish. Let's be praying for the 309 schools in the 12 states where LifeWise Academy um, will be active by this time next year. Let's pray for these, um, all of these people across the country who have showed an interest. Uh, there's, there's interest already expressed in 49 of 50 states. If you're in Vermont, we're hoping to um, strike a match of interest with you today. Um, and let's just be targeting prayers in that direction. Um, if you are a, a praying brother or sister and you would, could target some prayers in this direction, um, that would be deeply and greatly appreciated as well. I want you to check it out, lifewise.org. Um, Joel, um, what is a particular way we could be praying for you and the LifeWise team uh, at the opening of this academic year? Oh, well, thank you so much. And by the way, Carmen, I need to deputize you. I've never heard someone who's such an articulate champion of, <laughs> of our message. <laughs> You're doing a great job. Um, uh, how you could be praying, you know, we talk about the three dangerous D's on our team. We realize that the greatest dangers um, to the mission are within. And so we talk about the D of disobedience that all of us have sin in our hearts and we need to be protected from uh, personal sin. Those of us in Likewise, we talk about the idea of division, that uh, uh, everything is pushing. You know, there's always wedges that are seeking to get in there to divide us, but we are so much stronger together. And the D of drift, drifting from the gospel-centered mission of the ministry. And so we are waking up every single day, strapping on the armor, going to battle against these Ds, and and we know our greatest uh, uh, weapon is that of prayer, that we have a warrior king who fights on our behalf and so we'd invite uh, your audience to pray for our team pray for our communities uh, that the lord would protect us against those things we're going to do that right now um father we come before you in the spirit of christ we come as brothers and sisters in jesus and in his name um, we ask that you would bind the enemy in uh in these particular ways that you would bind the effort of the enemy um to so division in hearts and minds um, or on teams related to this ministry um, and the working out of your will. We ask that you would bind the enemy's efforts in related to in relationship to drifting um, from the gospel-centered um, focus that you have um, called forth. And Father, we would ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit and in community with fellow believers, you would um, answer this prayer of guarding each and every one against personal sin. Um, the disobedience in our own lives and even our delay in doing the things that you have called us to do. Um, Father, ignite in us a desire, a heart's desire to turn in obedience toward you, not in disobedience away from you. Um, and in so doing, Father, lead us to walk in the way of Jesus Every step today um, and in the way uh, that, he, that he tills before us in our life of discipleship, all the way home to your house. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Joel, um, I, I hope you hear um, the passion that I have for what you're doing. And um, I am one of those people who has showed an interest in one of the 49 of the 50 states. And so I'm, I'm actively looking for my 50 people. And so, um, yeah, I'm just letting you know, like, I'm, I'm an interested party out here as well. And so thank you for 
what you've already done, what you're doing. Um, and we're going to have you back because I, I want to know what happens in those 309 schools across 12 states. And then by next this time next year, I want to know that it's a thousand schools and, you know, in 20 states or some crazy number like that, because that's a it's a God thing. And I wholeheartedly believe that he's in it. It is a God thing, and it's gonna t- it's gonna take us all. And I, I can't tell you how excited and grateful I am to hear you saying that. And yeah, let's uh, uh, by the you know uh, soon let's have another conversation here about how things are going in your community when we're in that thousand. My prayer is that some of those schools are your community, Carmen. I'm excited. Totally, Cheatham County, Tennessee. It's gonna be on the map. It's gonna be on the LifeWise Academy map. Let's get you. Let's get your community on the map as well. I know you know that Jesus was a carpenter. Uh, I mean, that's what he actually like did following the pattern of his dad, Joseph. And uh, and we need some carpenters today. If you have tried to build a house or an addition or get something repaired or rebuild following some kind of catastrophic loss, then you know there are months long delays right now in getting construction materials and then delays in getting the skilled people that you need to do That work, electrical, plumbing, other trades required to do the job and do the job right. We need young men and women to wire and weld and fit pipes and install HVAC and to work in machine shops where the gears are made to keep the country working. So on this special edition Labor Day edition of Mornings with Carmen, I thought it'd be fun to revisit the conversation we had with Dave Haytag of Edgerton Gear about good work and craftsmen with character. It's the program God is using to develop the character of men and women in the trades today. This is Mornings with Carmen. Our friend Dave Haytag is back. You can find him at Edgerton Gear. He's the author of Good Work and Craftsman with Character. Um, The Good Work book is definitely one you want, how blue-collar business can change lives, communities, and the world. Dave! Good morning. Carmen, great to have you be with you again, I should say. Yeah. No, thank you. It's it's, it's great for you to have me back in uh, in Wisconsin. <laughs> right. Apparently there's bears roaming around in Green Bay and that is a different story, but like actual bears. And I feel like the people of Green Bay it probably makes them nervous that actual bears are roaming around cuz they don't yeah, like bears. I, well, well, that's true, especially if they're from Chicago. Mhm. Uh-huh. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> totally what I was thinking. All right. That is uh, that has nothing to do with the conversation you and I are going to have. But, you know, sometimes that's the way conversations start. So exactly. um, when we reached out to you, we found out that you've had a very, very interesting six months, not just because your family is growing and we celebrate that, but because the Navy has drafted you. What is going on? You know, this, this whole idea of character development and uh, just being good people is an issue of national security. And I really didn't realize that until I was in a meeting with a bunch of other manufacturers and we're all struggling to figure out, you know, who's the next generation coming into our businesses because we have this aging demographic and manufacturing the skilled trades and a, a representative from the U.S. Navy submarine industrial base was sitting in this meeting and explaining what we're trying to do with craftsmen with character, getting kids in from high schools, um, kids who are tacit learners, kids who aren't going to go to four universities, but who are brilliant in so many ways, getting them into the skilled trades and manufacturing. And this woman turns to me and she goes, okay, I have one question. And I said, yes. And she goes, what do you need to take this nationally? Uh, and I just stuttered, I looked at her and I just deer the headlights and said, what do you mean? And she said, this is an issue that we're dealing in, with our, our manufacturers 
that supply the U.S. industrial base that actually builds submarines. Manufacturers across the country are struggling with finding good young people coming into the trades and manufacturing. So we actually signed a, a, a contract with them to help take it nationally to get it in schools. We're not recruiting people for the Navy. We're recruiting students to get into the manufacturing and skilled trades world. Yeah, it's this it's it's not necessarily like that at the very end of the supply chain we yeah. we can meet the need. We have got to start developing the people way down at the other end so that yeah. they will be men and women of character. God's already put in them, you know, this design for, you know, having a passion for building things and making things and creating things and improving things and maintaining things, you know, on and on and on and on and on. But they need to be men and women of character so that when the opportunities are presented to them, they can not only take on these jobs, but do them with with excellence and expertise because these are precision jobs. I want nuclear submarines to have good parts. Yeah. Exactly. And, 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 you know, character, what God calls us to, to be people of goodness, it's a real thing. Our civilizations can, our businesses cannot survive without it. And we look around across our society and everything I have in my room right now, everything the military has, everything that we take for granted as far as luxuries and necessities, somebody built those things. We need people that know how to build things excellently, right? They need to show up mm-hmm. and have a passion for it and have a, a desire for integrity and quality and excellence. And I never really connected the dots that this is an issue for our country to thrive. We need those kind of people. We need massive numbers of those people. So thank God for the Navy that they said, hey, we want to help you expand it and get into the public high schools even and realizing that character is a real thing that we all need. Craftsmen with character is the program. If you want to check it out, craftsmanwithcharacter.org. Um, there would be a way there for you to connect with Dave and um, and his crew if you want to talk about bringing it into your own community. Dave, one of the things that I know is of, of concern and is addressed is that there's this gap of a sense of self-worth. Can you talk about that? Can you talk about how that self-worth gap can be filled as young people not just gain knowledge about a potential career, but they get to be in relationship with an experienced mentor who genuinely cares about them as a person. So I think we have to go back to the way God created us, that every person on the planet has this deep, deep need, besides our our necessities of food, shelter, and and water, is purpose and relationships, a deep Mm -hmm. sense of purpose and being in community with healthy relationships. And I look at these these high school students, and you know, if you take the, an average class of freshman high school students, say a thousand of them, less than 35% are actually going to get a four-year college degree, right? But mm-hmm. yet our educational system is all bent towards you got to go to a four-year college degree, you know, get go to four-year university. So these kids are getting this message over and over that if they're not going to a four-year university, they really don't matter. They don't fit in. They don't have a much of a purpose. And our educational system is kind of like foster care. That if you're not going to a four-year university at 18, you're done. We we write you off. You go, you're on your own. Well, that's a critical, critical time for these young people to be mentored, to have direction, purpose, support. 
And so our program is really, it, it's a very old, simple model, but it, it's putting older people together with younger people to provide that guidance and, and support. When we teach our class, I'm stunned at the m- number of kids. When I tell them, I look them in the eye and said, you know, you're some, you're some of the smartest kids on the planet because you know how to build stuff. These are the shop kids that are typically in our tech ed departments, um, but they get this message that they don't matter. Tech ed is, you know, second class because you don't, you're not smart enough to do anything else. And I asked this last ki- class I just had this spring, I said, when I first told you at the beginning of the class that you're some of the smartest kids on the planet, what did you think? They said, we thought you were crazy. Because we've never been told that. We never have been believed that we had anything to offer. But yet they're they're phenomenal. They're brilliant. And by the end of the semester, by hooking them up with, with mentors who care for them in the workplace and look at them and recognizing their giftedness and their intelligence and their passion, you just see that self-esteem just start to come out and, and thrive and flourish. And these kids now can be world changers. And we have we have an army of them out there. There's thousands upon thousands of these kids that just need to be affirmed by us older people who we have a mandate to bless them and encourage them, affirm them, uh, and just to support them on life's path. I'm, I'm thinking right now about a form that just came home from our public high school. And one of the things that, you know, you're supposed to check off on the list is, you know, hey, this year when military recruiters come come to campus, you know, is it okay if your kid interacts with them? There's also one, you know, when college recruiters come to campus, is it okay for your... There's no question on there about, like, a job fair or uh, when... Uh, I mean, there, there's nothing on the form that... And, and I live in a rural community where the overwhelming majority of kids in our high school yeah. are not going to go to college. Um, yeah. And so I put that down. I'm like, why is there not... Like, you know, why aren't we talking about technical education and why are we not talking about um, moving from high school right into, you know, right into an opportunity in our community um, because they do exist. And so, all right, now you've given me you've given me an idea about how I might engage in that conversation here at my very, very, you know, very local setting. Um, One of the things that. Oh, go ahead. Well, what we don't understand is that modern civilization would not exist without us manufacturers and skilled tradespeople. You know, who's going to flush your toilet or fix your toilet? Who's going to keep the lights on? Who's going to provide all the, all the things that we enjoy every day? And educators need to understand that. And, you know, we lost an entire generation of tech ed to kids because high school started closing tech ed classes back in the 1990s. So thank God people are waking up and realizing, yeah, there's some fantastic careers for these kids. And they're not just great careers, but they're life-giving senses of purpose um, that these kids just thrive in. So way to go, Carmen. I mean, I, I, I pray that across the country, parents would go to our high schools and say, hey, you know, let's get our kids in these other jobs that you don't need a four-year degree, that you don't have to go in tremendous debt, that manufacturers and skilled trades will pay for that education and really get these kids on a great career path, life path. All right. Um, we're talking with Dave Haytag. If you want more resources and you want to um, see what's going on in uh, in this area, go to craftsmanwithcharacter.org. The book is Good Work. How Blue Collar Business Can Change Lives, Communities, and the World. What's on the list of trades we need? I think let's talk about that next. I'm thinking construction, Mm -hmm. HVAC, electrical, plumbing, mechanical, auto body, diesel engine maintenance and repair, um, all of which are essential before we start talking about people who might be employed to manufacture solar panels, wind turbines, semiconductors, Mm -hmm. all the things in the CHIPS Act or the infrastructure plan. Like, we actually have to 
have roads built and plants constructed and pipe laid and cable laid before other people could actually be hired to make the things. So can we talk about sort of the the pipeline of people um, next? Okay, that'd be great. All right. We're talking with Dave Haytag. Um, Again, uh, craftsmanwithcharacter.org. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. My friend Shelly Como sent her 17-year-old daughter off on a Monday morning, and she could not have known that for her this day would become that day. Emily didn't come home to her mom, but she did go home that day to her heavenly father. She was prone to write in her journal, life is short, eternity is long, make it count. I'm Carmen LeBurge, host of Mornings with Carmen. What are you doing today on this day that's going to count on that day? It's fundraising season here. Life is short, eternity is long, make it count. Give now at MyFaithRadio.com. All right, I'm going to really quickly give you the Charles Murray coming apart quiz. Have you ever walked a factory floor? These are yes or no questions. Won't be hard. Have you ever had a job that caused something to hurt at the end of the day? Have you ever bought a pickup truck? Have you gone fishing in the last five years and cleaned your own catch? Have you recently eaten at Denny's, IHOP, or Cracker Barrel? Since leaving school... Have you ever worn a uniform? Have you ever taken a long bus ride because it was your only option? What does Branson mean to you, Missouri or Richard? So these are the questions in um, in a survey that a guy named Charles Murray did. It's a uh, um, it, it's it, it, the book is called Coming Apart, and it's about the divide that we experience in in white America. Um, we are living separate lives. There is opportunity loss um, and proximity matters. Those are my takeaways from um, from Charles Murray's sort of assessment of where we are in the culture today. Um, a guy named Raj Chetty from Harvard does a similar thing um, with zip codes and social media influence. Um, Dave Haytag is here today. He's living this reality at Edgerton Gear. He's the author of Good Work. Um, and heads up Craftsman with Character. You can find him and these resources at craftsmanwithcharacter.org. Um, my guess is, Dave, you did pretty well on that quiz. <laughs> I was just listening. I'm like, I, yes. Yeah, I answered yes to every one of those. Wow. But you probably know people who would answer no to almost every one of those. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So and, that's and the division. Right. Yeah. That's like the division in thinking. They and so yep. this we got to get proximate to one another, and we have to recognize that other people are living a very different reality than we are. Um, yeah. I'm thinking about the guys right now who are putting together the cabs for um, the big, um, uh, the big green tractors. They're not really tractors, but the giant John Deere equipment. Like the guys building those cabs are listeners, and so yeah. good morning, gentlemen. Um, yeah. And that there's a guy on that factory line who listens to the show and it inspired him to put together like a five minute encouraging podcast for the guys on the line, because that's about how long they have to listen to something encouraging during their break. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So talk, talk with us about this shift of mind that needs to happen, um, that manufacturing is a career. It's a good career. It's not a job. It's um, yeah. it, it can yeah. be a way that you use all the gifts, talents, abilities that God gave you and how he wired you to yeah. really live well. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm a blue collar guy and I love blue collar folks because again, 
we're the we're the folks that keep the world functioning and i was just reading in genesis this morning you know when god gives us the creation mandate he he, he tells us to make the world flourish well that just doesn't happen sitting around in your room and in, in your basement playing video games it's actually those of us who are using our hands and in our minds and our hearts you know to really create and put things together to invent things to to manufacture things and you know it, it, it's gotten to the to, to to the degree that the U.S. Navy has, and, and I encourage your listeners to look up buildsubmarines.com, the, the Navy is actually active recruiting people to say, look, you matter. You folks who know how to build and fix and create things, we need you because there is there is an existential threat from, you know, we're, we're living in a, in a world where there's some evil out there. Our military cannot survive without folks building and creating and, and doing things. So, uh, there needs to be this big shift. And when I, and I talk to groups, I have the educators who just kind of stare at me with a blank look. And then I've got the business folks, the blue collar folks who said, yes, finally, somebody understands that we're the ones, we are the foundation and bedrock of our communities. And so we need to have this major shift that happens in our schools to give these kids the, the realization that however God created you, you matter. The world needs you. Whatever giftedness that you have and how, however you think, there's a place for you in our society and in our communities. Um, and, and it is a shift. I've been banging my head against the wall like this for, for 15 years, and I'm amazed at the number of folks and the shift that's happening that we're realizing you know, that in a, in a way COVID did us a favor because we asked the question, what jobs are essential? And I still remember when President Trump came on and said, hey, we're shutting down society except for essential workers. Then my question was like, well, who's essential? And our, mm. and our guys in the shop floor, who's essential? And when we started thinking, like, who's building the cardboard boxes? Who's, who's providing all the medical things? You know, whether it's the clothes or the beds, who's transporting the food? Who's fixing the trucks? Who's gassing those trucks? I mean, on and on and on. And when we start realizing the symphony of what I call the marketplace, all the different jobs that are necessary for us just to have a functioning society, pretty much every job's essential. And we, we need to get back to realizing that. Okay, this is really so cool. When you go to build something, say I'm I'm like a rabbit. So <clears throat> I have now you have shot me off in a direction. I am on buildsubmarines.com and I am clicking around and in South Dakota, I could go to work for Caterpillar in Rapid City yeah. or yeah. Park Hannafin in Yankton. Um in yeah. North Dakota, I could go uh go to Minot or Grand Forks or Jamestown or Fargo, and there would be um, an opportunity for me to be a part of building the next generation of American submarines. Like, okay, you can click on an interactive map and then you can say to yourself, okay, I live in Fargo. They need um, permanent full-time people. This yeah. is what they need. They're going to modernize the the M365. I don't know what that is, but there you go. You could be a part of it today. Well, the crazy okay, thing wait is, a second. You know, it, the pay range yeah. is 105 to 162 grand. Okay, to yeah. 218 grand. I'm like, wait a minute. I might want to move to Fargo <laughs> and start building submarines. Well, the crazy thing too is in Philadelphia, they built a facility that you can get accelerated six week training that the Navy will pay for, for you to get skilled in met- metrology and machining, ex- welding, etc. They will pay for that and then help you get a job in these different different companies across the country and you don't actually have to like go into the navy no no this is the navy recognized you know they they, so (laughs) interesting 
they they woke me up and realized, you know, World War II was won, not so much by the soldiers, which were obviously very important, but it was the industrial manufacturing base. That if we didn't have folks here at home building stuff, we would have never won World War II. And we're on that same precipice right now that if we don't raise up our manufacturing base as a deterrence to our enemies, we're not going to survive. I mean, it sounds it sounds kind of scary, but it's the reality. Rosie the Riveter. That's who you're yes. talking about. Yeah. Rosie yeah. the Riveter. All right. We need a renewal <laughs> of Rosie the Riveter. Yeah. High tech right? Rosie Riveters. Yeah. yeah. Kids yeah. who she... can be phenomenal at playing video games are probably really good machinists um, because they can do all the programming, 3D modeling and so on. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right on, Carmen. It's, it's it's the opportunities out there for our students coming up. And if you're a parent out there listening, like, what am I kid going to do? We can't afford college for your university. There are so many other career paths for these kids that that are so fulfilling and so exciting. Um, our shop right now, I, I've got a, our average age in our shop right now is 28 years old. And people are like, how in the world do you get all these kids? And these, these are the kids that have been overlooked, taken for granted. They don't have much of a future. D students in most of their other classes, but you get in the shop class, you get them in a manufacturing facility, and they're absolutely brilliant. Mm. It's just so, um, it's just awesome. Um, Dave, thank you. Everything good? Oh. I mean, you know, at home with the kids, with the grandkids, yeah, all the people. Yeah. Four new grandkids, all the kids and daughter-in-laws are phenomenal, incredibly blessed. And and I'm just, you know, I think this is the best time of my life right now because I'm seeing the opportunity for so many kids to be transformed. It's like God has prepared and laid the soil um, for so many, so many in our generation to mentor the next generation. I'm finding that that older folks like us want to mentor and the younger kids you know, that we often look down on them, but they want to be mentored. They want us to invest our lives into them and, and they just soak it up. So I just encourage our list, your listeners to, you know, to, to take a look and say, how can I invest in this next generation on the shop floor? Just regular blue collar guys. We have so much to offer um, and gals to this next generation. They'll just soak it up. So fantastic. Dave, thank you so much for joining us today. We love catching up with you. Um, come back again. Okay. Always a pleasure, Carmen. Thank you so much. Likewise, that's Dave Haytag. You can find him at Edgerton Gear if you're in the neighborhood. Um, you can find him online, craftsmanwithcharacter.org. You, you know, he's not actually like online, but you can get to him and the information through that website because um, he's on the shop floor doing his thing. What are you out there doing today? How are you um, not only building into the next generation, but actively building uh, the kingdom, advancing it always and in all ways. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Well, again, um, happy Labor Day. Thank you so much for spending this special time with me today. I'll be back live with you tomorrow, and we've got a great show planned. Uh, Karen Martin will be here. Um, she has a book called Memorable Loss. It's the story about loving one another and the kind of friendship that we all need and the kinds of losses we all experience um, as memory slips away, as we get confused and face the realities of dementia. So you're going to love Karen, and I can't wait for you to hear her story about her friendship with Kathleen. So my guess is that you know someone and you love someone whose grip on reality is slipping away. They may be forgetting little things. They may have lost touch with bigger things, but you know they're still there. And you still love them. The person you once knew 
um, is still worthy of love and dignity and care. But how do we do all of that in the midst of the competing demands of life? Well, that's Karen's story, and she's going to be here to share it tomorrow with us. Have a great day, and God bless. I'm Carmen LeBurge. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Remember, it's your prayerful and faithful financial support that makes both the live show and the podcast available. Make your gift at MyFaithRadio.com.